week two, NFL 2023, basically in the books. A little bit more exciting week in week two. And we're going to break it all down here. What does it mean for best ball? The ups and downs, some bounce back players, some players who maybe fell back to earth a little bit and everything there in between. What does it mean for your best ball teams? What does it mean for your fantasy football teams? Who are we most excited about moving forward? Who are we least excited about moving forward? And all that good stuff here on Monday Night Best Ball on Spike Week. Let's do it. Rob, we were talking just before the show um, that uh, I know I'm getting old because mm-hmm. I, I, I've had I've had back kind of issues up and down throughout my entire life. It, it's uh, I think that shit is hereditary. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but that people say that all the time. My dad had a bad back and my grandpa had a bad back. And but that is the case for for me. And uh, I heard it in high school at the age of a ripe age of 16 years old. And it's been kind of up and down ever since. And uh, we're running a couple of minutes late, a couple of minutes late for the live listeners. Thank you for joining us live. But it's totally my fault. We took the dogs for a walk. And uh, I can't even take the dogs for a walk without the back starting to ache. So uh, probably a bad sign for, for my age. But this was a good week for the best ball portfolios and for uh, the fantasy football takes, generally speaking. Um, of course, plenty of misses, but some good, some good stuff in week two. And I think a really fun, like all around, if we're comparing week one <laughs> to week way two better. from like an entertainment perspective, week two was way yeah. better. Yeah. We finally got to see like teams actually play football this week as opposed <laughs> to whatever the f- hell happened last week. That was a, that was a whole nother thing. It's, we get like one or two of those weeks every year where you're just like, what am I watching? But you usually don't feel it on week one. And this year, week one was real bad. So some stuff back to normal. Some stuff still needs to get back to normal. Um, Justin Jefferson is going to just get 2,100 yards this year. It's just going to happen just based on the way that team's playing and stuff. But yeah, I have one more bit of nonsense for you because I, like I, I watched your, your DFS show yesterday as I was creating some of the worst lineups in the history of man. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> we should have swapped places. Maybe it would have worked out better for us. If I had put my Thursday lineups in yesterday, buddy, we would have crushed. We would have made so much money, except I'm poor now. But we'll get we'll get to t- it after we'll get to it after <laughs> you finish this story because I want to hear what you're saying. But same thing. And it, it actually has a little bit of relevance to best ball. So we'll get to this kind of lesson actually that I feel like I learned yesterday in, in the DFS I learned streets. one too. Uh, But you were talking about popcorn and we've had this discussion before where you have your movie nights with your wife and you guys stay in and watch movies, but you go to the theater to buy the popcorn and bring it back home. Kind of psychotic. Then I, then I came around to it being genius. (laughs) Well, here's what I found out tonight because I've started my horror movie almost every night tradition from September to October. I like it. Our grocery store one of the grocery stores close to me, they have a popcorn popper, like a movie theater one. And you actually just have to go to the grocery store and buy it. And it's the same as movie theater popcorn. And what's the price? Cause it Four cost bucks. me 10, it cost me $10 for, for a large pop, for a large popcorn. Of course you don't eat it all. 
you know, so it's a gigantic waste. But like, I'm that's the other thing is I'm not driving there. It's not far. It's like okay. less than 10 minutes away from me. If it were like, I mean, if it were a drive, I think that's other thing. Uh, Dean, you know, we're, this is like we're telling inside jokes to the people. Dean Shavelson, uh, who works at Rotor Grinders with us, he, he he's a he's very anti this. I once posted it on Twitter and he like came <laughs> at me like this is the most absurd thing I've ever seen anybody do. You'd leave your house to go pay for, you know, ten dollars for a dollar tub of popcorn, whatever. But yes, I do that. But that's also the thing is like it's just me and my wife. We also like we're eating like a finger food kind of, you know, fun, whatever, mm. smorgasbord dinner. We like probably didn't even need the popcorn, but I'm not driving to the movie theater to get a small tub of popcorn. You know, no, I'm you have to get the out there with the, with the it's large a 25 cent difference once you're finally there, too. So you always have to get the large. You end up with 30 percent of it on your lap and then you throw away 33 percent of it. That also, just there's like free refills. If I, if I really wanted to keep the tub, I could just walk back in there and get a free refill. It's a free refill on the large and it's only a dollar fifty more than the medium and it's double the size it's 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 yeah. absurd they're, they, they're they're forcing you to get a large popcorn yeah. the, a small is like this is like this big and it's like seven dollars and the large is bigger <laughs> than my whole body and it's ten dollars it's like why yeah. the fuck would i ever it's like a uh if anybody did you ever watch parks and rec anybody that yeah. ever watched parks yeah. and rec the uh the fast food chain or whatever uh, i forget the what the, the burger company it is or whatever but they they sell different sizes of drinks and the small is like three dollars and then they call it a child size and it's like 64 ounces and they say it's child size because it's the size of a small child that's why they call it child <laughs> But it's 99 cents. It's 99 cents, right? And they're like, it's a whole health thing. But it's really, really funny. But that's how I felt about the the movie theater, the movie theater popcorn. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a great lesson. I, I was just actually at the, lo- the grocery store next to me. But I'm gonna have to go like, make the rounds this weekend. Gander. If, if yeah, your eyes peeled. Can't just be in your location. I feel like <laughs> grocery stores are pretty standard in a lot of in most places in the country there's probably somewhere around me that has it it's like the one store that like you can walk in anywhere in the country is like all right i'm in a grocery store the baked (laughs) goods are either all the way to the right or the left the frozen sections on the opposite side and then Dairy, all the other I know, shits in yep. <laughs> I, I know where every i know where the bakery is i know where, yeah once i spot right okay the bakery's here i know where everything else is in the grocery store like you said yeah, no matter exactly. where where the country um the lesson that i was thinking about yesterday that uh really applies also to this show that we're going to talk about here a thank you for again thank you for joining us and uh uh dealing with us talking about popcorn for uh here five, the first five minutes of the show but i actually thought it was really really relevant to um best ball but also like this week in particular these first two weeks in particular with best ball where i am so obviously i i work in this space my career i've made my career into best ball and dfs and sports betting and all of that so naturally i'm thinking about it all the time and the biggest struggle that i have 100 is overthinking and tinkering and flopping around and i listen to I've really cut my content consumption um, down to just a really small group of people that I really trust. Like, and I'm mostly like, you know, we, we both, we both love him. He's a good friend. Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves is a, a gold, a wealth of information. And it's not that I don't trust his advice and his opinions. Of course I do. He's great, but he just like knows all that, right. His like worksheet is just like all the data and facts I need to know. And he can recite that guy is a goddamn. You just throw it at him. It's unbelievable. But yeah. so I listen to him because I'm going to get all the, like, I, 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 
I don't rewatch every game anymore. I used to. I don't necessarily go through every box score with a fine tooth comb, fine tooth comb anymore. Blah blah blah. But it's I cut my content consumption. But still, I, I do try to build like some very first look dummy DFS lineups on Tuesday or Wednesday or sometime sometime early in the week just to be like, here's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Like no projections, no ownership, no nothing. Here's like what I'm really thinking about this week. And then sometimes you do need to tinker off of that. But sometimes your natural instinct was completely spot on. And just from listening to other people or, you know, doubting yourself or you find a new shiny toy, right? Uh, Jacoby Myers is out and everybody keep, you know, I played Devonte Adams and I don't think he was the reason I didn't play, but I remade lineups to make sure Devonte Adams was in there. And then I'm like, well, do I need a bill on the other side? And it just changes your whole thought process. Right. And I wasn't going to ship tournament. I, I wasn't going to like win a million dollars this, this weekend. But my whole thing was like, ah, I think the Rams are good, man. Like, I, I just think the Rams are good. I think this is Kyron's show. I think I think Puka is basically Cooper Cup 2.0. We're getting them all at free prices. The 49ers are all free. I can afford whoever the hell I want <laughs> if I stack the 49ers-Rams game. And I did stick on, like, some 49ers stuff. And I pivoted to Kyron. But, like, I just screwed everything else up in my DFS lineups on Sunday. And it was like, I... I, I didn't like fully tinker, but I capitulated a little bit to some other stuff that if I just literally would have left the Tuesday lineup, right? The Tuesday lineup had Purdy, uh, CMC, Debo, Puka, Kyron, like uh, whatever. I think it had Kelsey who wasn't great, but shit, you know, I'll take 15 points at tight end <laughs> nowadays, no matter what it costs. Just like would have had a really great week. But had a really great week, but we tinkered around, let, let kind of the course of the week, not anybody giving bad advice or anything. It was all me, but just like tinkering around and second guessing yourself and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny because it's, it's the Rams. I'm parlaying this in, into the Rams and um, uh, I sh shout out to Ben. We'll get to Ben's comment um, in, in the chat, but we definitely talked throughout the course of the off season and I know the names of Kyron Williams and Tutu Atwell and the fact that Van Jefferson stinks and Tyler Higby stinks and Cam Akers stinks and all this kind of stuff. This is not like this wasn't like new information to us, but it was just early in the offseason. I think I felt the pressure of um, you don't have to force it. You know what I mean? I, I, like and I, I'm not even also trying to say this is right, wrong or indifferent, but just being like, you don't got to force Kyron Williams. He's Kyron Williams. You know, he ran a 4740 at 195 pounds. You know, you don't got to force Tutu Atwell. Puka Nakua, let the other people get hyped about Puka Nakua. And then we fast forward two months, and I'm like, I got hyped about Chase Brown. And I got hyped about whatever other last round wide receiver. Or I fell into the, well, the tight ends project better than the wide receivers at the end. And it's like, sure, they do. But who projects better now? <laughs> who, project, who projects better right now puka nakua or any of those fucking late round tight ends of course puka nakua does and it's like i just i, I don't think that it was like and we had a path to puka in like june may easily. june because i mean i gave him a shout out yesterday daigle was on puka at the end of may early june and i was drafting like i'm not going to sit there and say i was drafting my redraft but because daigle mentioned him to me on a show i'm like I'm going to grab this guy here and there. Was it enough? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I wish I was grabbing him with some more of those, those early teams. Cause can you imagine 
the teams that you could have built early with Puka Nakua, like Tony Pollard, Pollard third round. Jefferson, Jefferson <laughs> Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Hunter yeah. Henry. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, uh, all absolute. That is why you draft early. Those exactly teams that we could have early. built. And I bet you there's not one of them in all of Best Ball Mania, right? I bet you none, nobody has that all the combination right there but it was yeah. available to you. And that's yep. the whole point of the early drafting is to do that. And I don't think I took the risks of like I would normally, right? Like I was the fucking Darrington Evans guy. Darrington Evans was going undrafted a couple years ago. And I was just like, wait a second. Why, why, why is he going undrafted? Kyron Williams kind of became the new Darrington this year, but I was slower to do it. And I was slower to get into Puka, right? Like Puka's like, I'm not trying to, this is a very different comp, uh, exact comp, but like Zay Jones last year, it was like, it, it just, all of a sudden I was like, why is Zay going in like the 16th exactly? Like, I know it's Zay Jones, but the, what's the difference? It's Puka Nakua. Nobody even knows who that is. Like, but you're like, why, you know? And I, so I did do some two, two, but I think I was just sort of second guessing myself on something that quite frankly, I'm not saying it was obvious because it wasn't. But right. I had uh, it's not something I de- never thought about. Like sometimes that happens. Like like I, honestly, Eli Mitchell two years ago, not on my radar. I'll hold that L. I don't care. It, I was I was ne- I never got onto him. I was doing the Mostert and Sermon thing. I was wrong. But like the Ram stuff was something I very much acknowledged, and I was like, oh, there's something here. And I just was like, yeah, there's uncertainty. I can do it later. And I think that that's a that's not the right way to view these things. Like it's in some situations. Sure. But I think in certain situations like this, where it's like, no dude, there's like, they don't have any bodies. (laughs) Like the Rams don't have someone here has to do something, but because of the uncertainty, you run away. I think that's what a lot of the losing players do. The losing players run to Adam Thielen and they run to Van Jefferson because it feels more certain and they run away from Puka Nakua and they run away from Kyron Williams because of that uncertainty. And I think I fell into that trap a little bit. I rectified it. And so I feel good about that. Like, you know, I I've been talking about Kyron for a while. I, I feel happy about like finally realizing like, don't be a fucking idiot. Just draft him. And, and I got onto Puka. Like I have like 25% Puka or something on drafters, but that's like the only platform I really have a bunch of Puka. I have hardly any Puka on underdog uh, I don't have a lot of Kyron on underdog, like 8% or something like that, because I was drafting all that early. Right, I have a lot right. on DraftKings and drafters, but you know what I mean? I just feel like, and week two, of course, which we'll get to, I promise, was like, yep, dummy, you should have done the Rams thing. Because look, these guys are, even if they fall off the rest of the season, they're great picks. I don't really care. Uh, process results, all of it. They're they're great picks. Um, and so it was kind of like a, my DFS week happened and I was like, why did I do this? And then I'm sitting there also thinking about like, you should have just shoved the chips in on these Rams and you were hesitant to do so because you were overthinking it a little bit. So just a stat that just kind of blew my mind away. Cause I was looking up a few things as we were going over these points. I just pulled Kyron Williams up for my best ball mania exposure. And I have him on 12 lineups. Do you want to know what my advance rate with my Kyron Williams team is on those? hundred percent. Please say it's 100, if it, it's a hundred percent. Wait, is, BBM? Is this underdog? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't. Check out uh, DK or or something like that because uh, 
we don't have the advance rates for for underdog. Uh, I, think all, okay. show, I, was... I think that I think they all show a hundred percent. You know, because oh, we man, get to see. We, like, we had to go to this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I mean, it it it, it, it it's going to be high probably when you get an 18th round pick or so that is uh of you know course, one of the yeah. top scoring running backs in fantasy. That's probably well, pretty valuable. Well, we'll go to my Mastiff team because I I actually have that pulled up because I was looking at that. I'm in second place in the Mastiff right now, and that's a team that I drafted J.K. Dobbins on. And one of my last round, I think he was my last round pick. I took a six running back with Kyron Williams on a team that had Pollard, Brees Hall, Dobbins, Roshan Johnson, and Tajay Spears, which feels like something you shouldn't do on that team. Now, different advance rate stuff, right? This is a six out of 12 advance. I only drafted one quarterback, so I kind of felt as though I had a little bit of wiggle room there with that last pick. But if I don't have Kyron on that team, I'm probably still advancing, but I'm kind of fighting for my life to be on that advanced line right now where I already put myself with a nice cushion in that league, right? So I have 262 points currently. The person in seventh place has 207. So I'm going into week three, and it's a long season. Of course I can get caught. But we're going in with a 55-point edge into week three, probably because I took Kyron Williams in the 18th round, as opposed to taking another wide receiver at that point. But that wide receiver might have been Puka. (laughs) you know but i like i actually like kyron season long more than i like puka at the moment just because of the uncertainty with cooper cup coming back and what that's going to do to diminish his role his role has to diminish just by just by nature it's what a 38 percent target share or something like that currently which is just unsustainable for anybody on so, massive passing volume by the up they threw 55 passes and he had a, like a 38 percent target share it's one thing like we love to i do too Kyle Pitts, Drake London, right? Target shares for all these guys, old target shares for Mark Andrews and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, but they were throwing 33 times. <laughs> Matthew Stafford threw 55 times and he had, you know, almost a 40% target share. But um, I don't want to make this all about the, the the Rams. We talked about them last week and really nothing has changed except they've gotten better. In particular, Kyron Williams has gotten better for anyone that uh, didn't you know, here or maybe wasn't around yesterday. Cam Akers was not active for the game. They mentioned it early in the morning. So shout out to them, by the way, shout out to the, what football team is getting us this news. They play in the afternoon, getting us this news so we can jam 5k, uh, Kyron Williams into our DFS lineups. Let all the slappies play Josh Kelly, uh, against the Titans. And we yeah, get, uh, and, Josh Kelly. and we get Kyron at 2%. Kyron was like 2% owned and Josh Kelly was mega chalk. So one thing we got right among very few things that, that I got right. But um, Cam Akers also reported that um, they're going to try to trade him. I don't, you know, we love to Can't do wait every for time him to be a Raven. He, I mean, he's just going to get cut. Um, yeah, it's they got to feel. No one's trading for running backs. First of all, no one traded for. They Donald might give Taylor. up a seventh rounder for him. Yeah, like like that's if, what if you, you just see. want to not have to deal with the you know waiver priority or 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 negotiation in free agency. You might say we'll just give you a seventh, and the Rams will probably take it. But um, they're not, you know, they're not getting anything real for him. Uh, you know, I, I could see him land somewhere, but weird road for Cam Akers. Honestly, I, there's something that we don't know about him, like as a person, or or maybe McVeigh's the asshole. I don't know. So, no, it's, something. It's. I mean, this has to be an Acres thing. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that McVeigh's probably not an asshole too, but this clearly is something where they don't think he's a great player 
and he's pouting like a child. And I usually take the player side on this stuff. Right. But I, I think just based on the timeline <laughs> of events we have here, um, <laughs> maybe they did last year. <laughs> yeah. That's really good by Rob. Um, but it just, just like from the outside looking in, this clearly seems like a taking his ball and going home thing like twice now with Cam Makers because mm-hmm. he's not getting the workload that he wants to get and all that stuff. So instead of playing it out, he's crying. And I think probably the asshole side of McVay is he's excited about it because he's like, well, finally, now we can definitely get him get out of my hair. I don't need this guy anywhere near this building. So you might even see it this week. Like I wouldn't be shocked if you see tomorrow, Wednesday that they trade a, someone trades a seventh round for him or they just cut his ass. Cause there's no point in them keeping him on the roster anymore. Yep. I think, true. McVeigh did it with the, as only Blur says, that's what they did with Daryl Henderson. We all thought, uh, oh, okay, this is going to, you know, Akers is gone. It's going to be the Daryl Henderson show. Um, we thought it was going to be the Daryl Henderson show a couple years ago when Akers tore his Achilles, blah, blah, blah. You know, McVeigh doesn't really pull any punches. I, I, I will say I respect him for, for that, assuming there's nothing nefarious going on behind the scenes or he's not being a total dick. You know, play your guys. Um, and and they already mentioned Puka's still going to have a big role when Cooper Cup comes back. I trust him. I, I believe that that's the case. Also, believe he's not an idiot. You don't th- you don't give a kid twenty care, twenty uh, targets in week two and whatever seventeen thousand targets in the <laughs> seventeen thousand targets in his first two NFL games and then say, hmm, that Van Jefferson guy, we got to play him over <laughs> over yeah. Puka. Like I don't think that's I don't think that that's happening. But uh, I think McVeigh is one of those. He's just gonna. He trusts himself, really, is ultimately what it is. His evaluation of the players and how they fit into his offense. And who are we to judge? All he has done is be successful. Shit, all he's done is be successful this year without Cooper Cup, with Puka Nakua being the lead wide receiver and Tutu Atwell and not being... Van Jefferson has one catch in two games or two catches in two games, right? Tyler Higby has like 20 yards or 30 yards in two games. And... and they beat the Seahawks in Seattle and they nearly beat the 49ers um, this week. So also the other thing where did a uh, hacker said it, uh, the, the betters, I bet the 49ers. So uh, I was metaphorically uh, cursing him and literally cursing uh, McVeigh when they're driving to go score at the, at the end of the game and he kicks a field goal and they're seven and a half point dogs to lose, <laughs> to lose by seven. Somebody texted him. Buffalo Wild Wings or something hit the button and uh, <laughs> they were like, buddy, you got to cover, got to cover this spread. But enough Rams. Um, I think ultimately just feel really, really excited for them. And, uh, you know, I will. Uh, I appreciate Ben. So I appreciate the the compliment. But that was, you know, I got a lot, a lot, a lot of things wrong. And we will talk about them here here today. But this is um, I talked a little bit about this in Discord it has nothing to do with Kyron or Puka or anything. But when you're willing to do kind of some of the things that I talked about at the beginning, like don't second guess yourself on some things that may seem a little bit crazy, right? Like you mentioned, even smart people like John Daigle, who I trust to the end of this world was like, now this Puka Nakua kid looks pretty promising for the Rams, right? Or even like Tutu, Tutu's a big hit. If Puka didn't exist, we would be like, oh my God, why weren't we drafting Tutu? Cause he's got 200 mm-hmm. yard games or whatever. Um, and then of course, Kyron Williams, but just, being willing to dive into those guys, it's going to lead you to some major L's like Darrington Evans, like Trey Lance, like, and I'm not saying you even have to get on to Trey Lance or those types of guys, Gabe Davis, right? MBS. It's going to lead you to Kadarius Tony. It's going to lead you to some of those guys who are big, big L's. 
but it's also going to lead you to these guys while everyone else is being like, I'm going to take my fourth tight end here, or, you know, I'm going to take Adam Thielen or I'm going to take Leonard Fournette or whatever you take Kyron Williams and you take Puka Nakua. Like it kind of works itself out in the end. Right. Um, I got big Brashad penny bags that are a huge burial. Like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much holding that L already. You know, you're, I'm, I'm literally already praying to God that they're in the playoffs and they just let him play in week 17. <laughs> and I somehow sneak up, right? I'm like, I know he's not going to score points till week 17. Can I somehow get a penny team to week 17 against the Cardinals? And uh, he's the guy. But I mean, it is what it is. Uh, people can disagree whether I should have taken Rashad Penny or not. But like having the thought process that leads you to these kind of home run swings is how you get on Puka Nakua, right? Like, it's not like, what did everybody see in Puka Nakua? It wasn't really that much about him. It was like this whole macro process that leads you to these kind of guys. And sometimes you whiff and sometimes you hit and Puka is a version of a hit. And there's lots of other examples of, of whiffs. Um, and you have to be able to accept those L's. I, I also think though, there's a gigantic juxtaposition on it where, we go, we both, we rush to the extremes on both sides of this and never just let it lie, lay in the middle where we push off these guys at the end. We, we jumped on some of them late, right? In draft cycle. But I also think we're pushing some guys up way too much as well. When we have an extent of, of knowledge for the situation that there, there's a path, the pathway for them to be this seventh or eighth or ninth round guy that we need them to draft is, is a tough pathway. So one of the guys that I really liked this year was Quentin Johnston because I like the Chargers passing game. I like yep. everything about it, but let's be real. Like if we had just sat back and just like looked at it, it's like his pathway is probably difficult. And we were getting reports of this throughout camp that at first everyone thought he was a one for one replacement for Mike Williams. And then you start hearing, well, he's actually not a one-for-one replacement of Mike Williams. He's this different type of player, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. So now you're like, okay, so his pathway to get on the field is probably at like, he's obviously on the field. But what I mean is in terms of like usability, yeah. like for a, on a weekly basis. More than Josh Palmer. being more, we, we did this yeah. song and dance with Josh Palmer last year. We assumed Quinn yeah. Johnson was better than Josh Palmer. But like Josh Palmer wasn't providing a lot when everyone was healthy on that offense. So like you said, his path to being usable is A, earning the Josh Palmer role, but then being much better than Josh Palmer. Mm -hmm. Like not just like a little better, like much better than Josh Palmer. And I, and I think we're seeing this and there's different situations with different guys. I wasn't on Addison. And to be fair... If I'm on Johnston, I should have been on Addison. And if I'm not on Johnston, then maybe I shouldn't have been on Addison. I understand the teams are different. And yeah. I do think the Vikings are going to have to throw the ball a lot more this entire season. <laughs> yeah. We are, we're seeing that, but he's, and he's got a little bit better of a role than Quinn Johnston. So based on all of that, if I was going to be on one of them, probably should have been Addison, right? Like, like if I'm going to be on either of those guys and they're going relatively same range, Addison was a little, you know, Little, Skewed a little up. higher, yeah. But I, I think they were probably both too high. Is my point overall? Like they probably should have, like, moved down to like that ninth, tenth round, or something like that. But I think mm -hmm. what we're doing as a best ball community is we're we're lining up our guys for the most part, and we're shooting them to the moon to a point where it's like, well, I finally just can't take him over player X, like. Yeah, theoretically, I don't like Mike Evans, but I know I can't take 
Jordan right. Addison or Quentin Johnston over Mike Evans. That's how I, so, this is how I got Mike Evans. You're literally describing how I got Mike Evans. Right. I hated Mike Evans. I had him way ranked lower than ADP early. But then we, like you said, we shot everybody else to the moon who I did like. And then I'm like, yep. I don't know. Mike Evans is going like 78 overall. I think this feels pretty good, to, you know? So it's, it's really funny you say that because I was just thinking about that with Mike Evans having another big game this week. But that, that's what we're doing. We're, we're dropping the players that we have like these priors on and for some for justifiable reasons. But we're, we're drawing this divisional line where I think the divisional line is like really bad probably. Like it's probably bad. Like if we sit there and we look at it, it's probably not great. And we're doing it with specific players. And then we're having a, a hard time drafting players that are essentially the same for rookies that are going to similar situations, but we're having trouble clicking their name in the fucking 18th round. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like as, as a community, and I'm not exempt from this. I'm 100% doing it as well. So I think this is probably, this is like one of the lessons that I'm starting to try to take from this going next year is like how to prop. And I, and I know it's not just player evaluations, but it's like team evaluations and situational market, market evaluations, yeah, market yeah. evaluations and and trying to figure all that out that's that's been like my big takeaway over these last two weeks and i kind of felt it a little bit in the summer but i wasn't really leaning into it enough and i think that's going to be something i try to correct a bit next year i i, I could not possibly agree more i felt that this summer was more awkward and a little more difficult to manage for me than the last couple have been because the market has gone on basically every player on every sort of trend from like a positional value perspective on you know team level stuff for the you know kind of since we started spike week since best ball has really blown up a couple of years ago has gone the way that i kind of thought it should go right if you recall two years ago um i'm not trying to say that we we, we did this but we did kind of hot dog costume this with on the ship chasing show where we like start to talk about like why exactly are all these wide receivers going so late and why are all these dusty ass running backs going so early and and blah 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 and then the next thing you know right the great wide receiver apocalypse happened on underdog and everybody was losing their minds and now we fast forward two years and there's barely three running backs going in the first round of fantasy drafts, uh, including, you know, Austin Eckler, who was the wider or the running back one last year. And it's kind of right. It's kind of turning out to be, to be right. But this year I was like, uh, and two, two of these are very, very probably going to be very big L's, but Rashad Penny, as I mentioned, I was like his ceiling case doesn't match his cost relative to the cost of, other like James Connors going in the sixth round and Cam Akers is going in the sixth round and Najee Harris is going in the third round and you know on on down the list of all these other guys and I'm like Rashad Penny's going in the twelfth round I have him ranked in like the nineties or something and DeAndre Swift his teammate who I think have very similar upside profiles similar I'm not saying the same similar uh, DeAndre Swift's going in the sixth round and blah 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 right and I didn't get it and then Penny just kept falling and we get the reports it was like the news went against me too. Pen, like like oh the the dipshit who must be like family members with trey sermon that's a beat uh writer for the eagles is like <laughs> you know trey sermon is gonna make the team and rashad penny's gonna get cut damian harris right he gets hurt during camp and then we get the latavius murray news which is like which has been like half true and half false 
Uh, it's basically just a three man committee in the bills backfield. It's, it's actually not that it's not, it's not, is it Latavius or Dame? It's all three of these dudes are going to split, split the work. Um, the, the answer the, was, it's not James Cook. It's not the, James Cook. I know James Cook just had a really good game, but that was a, that was a symptom of the Raiders. That was not a symptom of, and he played in garbage yeah. time. He had like 50 rushing yards in garbage time. James Cook. I know I played you him on the early. You should be worried if you I drafted min-cashed, the James I Cook. I min-cashed the early only slate. Shout out James Cook for the long run that went over the, that went, <laughs> got the bonus. Uh, he picked up a bunch of yards in garbage time. Literally, he was the only starter out there. I have no fucking idea why he was even in the game on that last drive. They, like he, he, had like a 50-yard run, and then they needed out afterwards. Kyle Allen was in the game, not Josh Allen. Very weird. But I'm I yeah, the, the answer was don't draft, don't chase the James Cook steam. It wasn't don't draft team or don't or don't draft Latavius. The answer was James Cook is looking a little sketchy. Again, week two, we'll see how it changes. He's a good football player, and uh the Bills offense is gonna be good. But anyway, all this stuff like happens. And I think it was just like a total, you know, mind F over the course of the whole summer where it's like, do I really want to have like 80% Damian Harris? Because like, <laughs> I liked him at his old price and he just fell 30 picks on DraftKings, you know, and, and like all this different stuff. And so um, it just great learning lessons. I feel like this summer in handling the chaos that is a best ball summer, even without injury. I mean, there's minor injuries, right? Dame got hurt, obviously, at the end. Cup got hurt and and all of that. But we didn't have a uh, an Acres or a Dobbins RIP to both of those guys. We didn't have a we didn't have those guys get hurt, and then Gus Edwards get hurt, and then Justice Hill get hurt. <laughs> like we didn't have like all of that stuff happen over the course of the summer. But we did have a very chaotic market uh, this this summer, and I think it was it was a pretty good learning opportunity. And like you said, I think I handled some things okay. Mainly the very end. I think the last like. I think I was pretty locked into what I wanted to do the last two or three weeks of the draft cycle. Yeah. I think I handled probably May and June not great. And I certainly handled some of the news, risers, fallers, whatever, a little bit poorly. But I think generally speaking, like like you said, I, I'm willing to admit, like you said, some of the things that you're saying that like when you say we, you literally mean the industry, but we like also like, yeah, like I right. did it wrong too. And uh, I think it was, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Like we talked about week two being fun. It was a lot of fun because we saw some things that you, that you probably did really wrong, but also saw some things that you were like, all right, you know, I, I learned my lesson over the course of the summer. I figured some things out about how I want to play this game. Uh, and that's what best ball is. It's a fun strategy game. Uh, you know, what's funny about the first round, just talking about all this is, what we feared CMC was is what Cooper Cup is. Yes. Right? Like, that's what I was thinking about while I was driving yesterday. I was like, well, we, all of our fears for CMC is actually Cooper Cup. And as I was making this drive and thinking about it, I'm like, CMC is getting 90 to 100% usage. Cooper Cup is going through what he's going through. Um, Tyreek had, you know, a marginal game last night. 15 PPR points, so which is fine. Like it's, 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 it's fine. It's better than most, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't what you kind of expect out of Tyreek on a, you know, absolute nuclear basis. Yep. But CMC is getting 90 to a hundred percent usage right now, which is insanity and taking him overweight. If you were able to mix him between the third, fourth and fifth to what you were saying might still be the wrong play based on 
what the market did with the wide receiver position this year. Right. And we'll see how it plays out. But that could still be the wrong play. And CMC is an absolute smash right now. Like, you're not upset that you took CMC. But it could still be the wrong play just because of the rosters you're constructing with him. So it's just there. And it's week two. That's the other thing. It is week two. We got to take everything with a grain of salt. We have 12 more weeks to get to playoffs. Um, I win $3 million like January 1st (laughs) or something like that. I am going to get destroyed on underdog. Uh, I somehow have a, an above average advance rate right now. And I, I was scrolling through my, my teams and in, in draft IQ and, and just like, I just, I got, I got it wrong. I, my plan, we've talked about this. We talked about this last week, et cetera. Uh, I drafted mostly underdog teams early. And then like, I, I saved some for the end, but not a ton. Um, shout out to me. I do have Kyron on my bulldog team. So I'm holding out or we're, 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 we're advancing right there, but you talked about, uh, uh, your, what's the one K league on uh, the mat, your Mastiff draft where like that guy like is really helping. Ex- that, that's what's happening to me. I have Deontay on that team. I had Jerry Judy on that team. Ooh. I have, I have it pulled. I, I can, let me just share it really quick. Cause it is kind of a funny microcosm of, uh, how things can go in these drafts where, I got so much wrong, dude. Like so, oh. so much wrong. So Purdy, Pickett, Howell are my quarterbacks. That's fine. Um, Howell's been good. Uh, shout out to me, Tony Pollard, <laughs> uh, J.K. J.K. Dobbins, R.I.P. Dead. Right. Zach Charbonnet, useless. Totally useless through through two weeks. Brian Robinson, okay, came came back around. Dame, yeah, I know he scored a touchdown this week, uh, and I am using. There's it. There's an absorbent amount of nine point Dame Harris in my in my starting lineup of underdog teams, but mm-hmm. then Kyron, but then Kyron, right? You got Pollard yep. and Kyron and Byron and Brian Robinson. Like Pollard, you're such a smash. Yeah, you're you're good, man. It's like uh, Garrett Wilson. I know he's been fine th- through the first two games, but like I'm not very excited about him. Debo had a good week this week, but Judy, Deontay, Elijah Moore hasn't done anything yet. Mims, Richie James, fucking useless. Toss that dude in the garbage can. Dallas Goddard, useless. Cole Turner, hopefully this next week will be the week. Uh, Logan Thomas is hurt. But it's like you look at this team and you're like, eh. like mm. Pollard looks good. Kyron looks good. That, that's, a, that's about it. But like that's the value of like this team illustrates when you hit Kyron Williams, what it can do for your team. You can carry – Right, you just need like one or two other guys, and then get to the playoffs and see what happens. I'm not saying right. this team will get to the playoffs. Obviously, Deontay just went on IR today, which really sucks, and I've already lost Dobbins, so I'm in a little bit. I'm in a little bit of a pickle here with this with this team, especially with bad tight ends. But Garrett Wilson lost Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not great. It's not going great for this team so so far. But like when you got you Pollard and. You got Pollard and you got Kyron. That that threesome of, of quarterbacks is totally fine. Debo, right? Garrett Wilson, he had a long touchdown this week. He, he's going to have some fine games. He's too good at football not to. Um, right? Debo, Judy, et cetera. I'll take my chances. Just get me there. And mm-hmm. that's what me, we missed uh, as an industry, I think, this summer of being like, I know the tight ends look good in round 16, 17, 18. I agree. I'm not arguing that. But when you hit... On Hunter Henry, look, Hunter Henry has been awesome, right, through two weeks as a late-round tight end, proving everything we said all summer about how underpriced he was. And yet, would you rather have Hunter Henry 
or would you rather have Kyron Williams or Puka Nakua? You would rather have those guys because you're getting an RB one, a top 10 running back in fantasy, a top five running back in fantasy in the last round of your drafts. The value of that is so it, it's even hard to quantify, you know, like he's doing things more than Elijah Mitchell did. And Elijah Mitchell was like the, the poster boy for this thing of like, take the kind of unique 18th round running back. And then when they hit, they can win you tournaments. So I just think big, big lesson. Don't necessarily. But that, that goes don't. to last week's lesson. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off, no, but that goes no, to last good. week's lesson where yeah, the 18th round tight end thing, but that goes to the lesson of pulling the players that you have some conviction on up. Because, yeah, we liked Hunter Henry, and we don't want to stop drafting Hunter Henry. Right. But you could have drafted Hunter Henry and Puka Nakua, 17th, 18th round. Right? You could have both those guys. And you I think all by... the Rams. Pull Hunter yeah. Henry up to the 14th and then take Kyron, Puka, and Tutu. How would you like that team right about now? What's that? Right? What, yeah, you could have Stafford. You could have like, it's just one of those where I, sometimes we 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 miss the forest for the trees, and it's like the ADP value thing and the closing line value thing and like all that matters in the macro, a hundred percent. No one is saying it doesn't, but also in the micro, there are things we can do where you throw that shit in the garbage and you say no 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 no. I know more information now with the Rams, and I know Hunter Henry is a smash. Why would I never want to have any Hunter Henry and Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua if I if I have conviction about all of them? Like that doesn't make any sense. Solely because one solely because I can't take the guy at 170 when he goes at 182. Like that's stupid. That's incredibly stupid. And I think we definitely I know I mean I got better about that this summer. I know you got better about that this summer, but I just think I just wanted to reiterate it again because I feel more passionate about it now even than I did over the summer. And I was really passionate about it over the summer. But your point for the August thing where you were like the last three weeks, I was really locked in. I think once you get to that point in August, the exercise to do, and I think this is what I'm going to do next year, is I'm going to take a piece of paper. And I know this sounds old school or I'll pull it up on the computer or something. I'm going to list 10 to 20 players that I like between the 17th, 18th undrafted. And at that point, once I have my conviction on those players, those are the players I'm just going to start mixing into drafts in the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th round, 16th, 17th, 18th round, getting the combination of those players because I know they're getting the time. I know Kyron Williams because a lot of the time, right? So I'll, I'll do both sides of the coin on this one right now where I really liked Kyron Williams. I really liked Keontae Ingram. And there's a lot of drafts where on the 18th round, the I'm thinking between the both of them, right? So if I decided like, all right, well, I drafted a bunch of, I'm doing a zero RB build with this team. I went heavy on wide receiver. I want to grab a bunch of late running backs that can hit. Why wouldn't I pull Kyron up to the 17th round when he was going 18th round still? And then I can still grab Keontae Ingram, vice versa, however you want to do it, right? If you did that right now, Keontae Ingram's done nothing for you, but Kyron did something for you. So you're just getting combinations of these players. So A, now you have a unique combination of it. B, these are guys you have a conviction, and Keontae can still do something later in the year. Kyron wasn't – we weren't expecting Kyron in week mm. one to – we thought he was going to be usable weeks potentially early, but we didn't think he was going to do what he's doing, obviously. So if you can narrow down that list, which I think we did, because I remember conversations we've had, like these are like my 10 to 12 dart throws for end of drafts 
right? So we start doing that. We take the guys that we're taking in the 17th round, our Hunter Henrys, our whoever else was there for tight end that we liked, you know, our Trey McBrides and shit like that. And we start mixing these combinations of players into the end of drafts when we have our conviction after a pregame or, you know, the after the preseason games. And we kind of know what we're looking at. Yeah. And we can narrow that list. Why, why aren't we doing that? And we should be doing that. And um, that is something that I would like to do. I'd almost, I have to talk to hacker. I don't know if it's something that we could feasibly do, but like at some point in the future, just being able to highlight guys that we like in our draft tool to be like, here's my list of guys that I like that are late. And just be like, make sure that I I get them, not, not make them draft it for me or anything. Just be like, I want to make sure that Puka Nakua, Keontae Ingram, um just like i need to keep like you know you still only have 30 seconds when you get on the clock you're probably doing something yep. else you probably drafted 10 teams that day like you know you are human uh that's why we built the tools to hopefully take as much pressure off you <laughs> as possible but we're doing lots of things correlating and you know it's lots of correlations and it's lots of exposure percentages and all that kind of stuff and there's tons of awesome things you can do with our tools of course but like you said there is something to be said to be like Please just remind me when I'm in this draft that I'm trying to prioritize Puka Nakua more than just putting him high up in my rankings, right? Because yeah. I also don't, I, I don't want to draft off the rankings because then I miss other things on underdog yeah. specifically where I can't toggle back and forth uh, between the two. I do want to hit some some of the questions and comments because I know we've been talking for for uh, quite a while, but I feel like it's only two weeks in, and you know mm-hmm. a lot of the pl- in, the specific names and everything we're talking about right here could end up not mattering later in the season. Guys get hurt chaos happens that's how it goes but i do feel like that's the difference between when we when we look back a lot of the time so like Brees hall last year if you drafted Brees hall last year was that bad process right you lost money on your Brees hall teams because guess what he got hurt very reasonably early but like you were probably real right like really right <laughs> last year on on Brees hall the variance just didn't play out in your, in your favor. And I think it's important to highlight at this, like at these certain stages where I think we do learn lessons to be like Mm -hmm. this Ram stuff, right? This late round player stuff, this pulling guys up, this, all these different things. Like I feel very confident that that is a good lesson. Say what I don't, I don't actually give a shit. If Kyron Williams is the league winner, I don't care if Puka is the league winner. I don't care about any of that. Just like I don't care that Brees Hall didn't end up being the league winner. I care about the process behind all of that stuff. And I feel really pretty passionate, even though it's only through two weeks that like, okay, we learned something here. Um, Will that, that scenario may not exist next year. So it could be a lesson that like, in terms of one-to-one applicability is useless, but the lessons are like, hard to come by in best ball actually because it's really easy to just say oh i ran bad or oh you know yeah player you know who cares about player takes or you know oh we should just you know flatten out our exposure it's so easy to get into all that like you know monotony but like there the, there are certain lessons we do learn occasionally and i feel like this is the, this is one of them we're talking about here and my best teams they end up being mostly on drafters a uh, little bit of DraftKings, but also mostly on drafters I did 100% what you just said. I posted in the Discord in the Drafters channel uh, what I think my best team is. It's actually not my highest scoring team as of yet. Uh, friggin' Mark Andrews missed week one, of course. But it has all of those guys on it. All of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a Christian McCaffrey team. It has Kyron. It has Puka. It has Tutu. It has Kendrick Bourne. It has Calvin Austin. 
it has and guess where all those guys were going yeah, at the end, at the very, yeah, at, at, very Evan end. Hull, Evan Hull is on there. I took like seven guys that went in the 18th or 19th, you know, 20th round. But guess what? They all hit. That's luck. That's a lot of luck. But also, that's the point. Is like, right, right. is is like, I don't think that Adam Thielen is better than Puka as a pick. So like, why would I take him just because of the ADP thing, right? And so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. That team may not hit anything because the Ravens are driving me absolutely batshit crazy uh, through, through two weeks. But I feel really strong about the, the lesson that, uh, that we've uh, kind of been, been taught here. Oh. Captain Osimo says, and then, uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to hit this one. Yeah. So two out of every 12 teams advance. So in your 12 team league, two teams advance. That is um, not the case in every tournament on underdog. Most of them, not every uh, it is the case for every tournament on DraftKings. So that is a, a just shy of a 17% advance rate. So generally speaking, if you're just net neutral, you know, uh, no no edge over the field or you didn't outperform the field, you'd have about a 16.7% advance rate in, in BBM. I do want to hit uh, the question here uh, from a couple questions. Jim Tanner is asking uh, some, some some trade questions and, Hanson is asking trade questions and I want to bring them up solely because they're like relevant topics to, uh, to week two, where obviously a best ball show, we, there's no trading in, uh, in best ball, but Jim asked about Saquon and would you trade? This is like super interesting. Saquon obviously is now out for two to three weeks. Uh, Pollard, we talked about is a smash Diggs looks pretty good. JT is supposedly already back to being fully healthy and is going to be ready to go in week five. So, JT and Saquon are going to be ready at about the same time. So mm-hmm. it's it's like, how do you view those guys when they both come back at the same time? And then how do you view Pollard versus Diggs in, in PPR? So, you know, on DraftKings or, or on drafters, how are you, how are you like projecting those guys forward? Um, I don't want to give Pollard up for hardly anything right yeah. now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, one of the things I'm proud of other than Rashad Penny and dancing on that grave for the rest of the season <laughs> Please stop! Please stop! We're dead. <laughs> dead. He's, he's dead. Or he's dead already. We're dead. Okay, we got it. We got but, it. I spent thousands of dollars on the shot, Benny. Please, that's enough. <laughs> I think I spent twenty five dollars on on her shot, Benny. Good. I'm I think there was lost. a draft I'm that. Glad- I'm glad you lost $25 at least on him because some and of us I, lost a lot. I think it was because Daigle and um, Gretch made me draft him on this team. And I was like, guys, this is the worst pick we could make right now. And they were like, no. And I'm like, fine, whatever. We'll do it. But that's how I'm going to know that's that team because it's the one Rashad Penny team that I have. You so titled I it see... on underdog like the stupid fucking Rashad Penny team or whatever. Well, it was on DK, me. so that's how I'm going to know. It's like, I can't title this team, but this is the stupid Ben Gretsch and John <laughs> Rob Bagel. Rob has one like... 12th place team on DraftKings. <laughs> that's how we find it. But but the other thing I'm proud of is, like, dude, we have L's. We all have tons of L's to carry. So I do like to celebrate our, our W's sometimes and remind ourselves I think for mental purposes, we need to do that. Uh Paul, I mean, and not like I was like reinventing the wheel here, but I think I was one of the only ones that was pulling Pollard up around different spots in the draft board and willing to take him middle Mm -hmm. of the first round sometimes and making sure I got over the field, but not only getting over the field, getting unique, getting unique combinations with Tony Pollard throughout the off season, willing to, 
punt off Stefan Diggs, being like, I like Stefan Diggs this year a lot, but I kind of want to see what kind of team I can build with Tony Pollard from the 107, the 106, or whatever, and get a different combination than the guy that's just double tapping a Monra with Tony Pollard at the uh, the 12, 13 turn there, or you know, Pollard X player in those last few rounds. So I wouldn't be trading him. I, I love the Pollard usage going forward. He would have had an even bigger smash yesterday if they were if that was even a game, right? Like they just want to use this guy. You saw some of the other backs and they they were giving him some run, but when when it comes time, uh, when it comes nut cutting time, it's going to be Tony Pollard and it's only going to be Tony Pollard for the most 100%. part with Dallas. So hundred percent, they just haven't. I love it, it. it hasn't. They haven't had a game yet. They haven't had a game yet. They haven't been pushed at all. Obviously, you win forty to nothing. And they ain't getting pushed next week either. No, they're not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and Tony Pollard. Hopefully he stays healthy. Obviously, we're rooting for all these guys to stay healthy, including the people we we, we didn't draft. We're we not those, like, yeah. those, those. We don't. We don't want injuries. But um, I agree. Um, give me the Pollard side. Uh, honestly, Saquon. I would prefer Saquon straight up over JT, and I prefer Pollard straight up over over Stefan Diggs. So uh, that. But I, I thought it was a good a good way to kind of answer Jim's question, but also talk about some guys who were like definitely super relevant. I mean, Saquon's out for a couple of weeks. Um, if people are thinking about that backup situation, my answer would be stop it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, like don't, don't do that to your, like it, here's, here's what I will that say. I said, this, I said this, I said this, the the giants came back and won yesterday and sh- shout out to Daniel Jones and, and uh day ball and everything for, for, you know, invigorating that comeback. But we view the comeback stuff as like really positive. Like, Oh, look at that big comeback that they made. It's like, yeah, but they also went down 28 to <laughs> 28 to to three or nothing 20 23 i think to the arizona cardinals yeah that's not good that's not a good sign um and now they lost saquon so i'm pretty worried about the giants actually um i know daniel jones just put up a big fantasy game but darren waller doesn't look right to me uh you know hand in the dirt watching the watching the games darren waller doesn't look like the big time game changer darren waller all their wide receivers that we had hoped somebody would pop up, they all look like shit. Hodgins, Slayton, Paris Campbell, whatever. Maybe Wandale will come back and be the guy. Maybe Hyatt needs to play more. I, that's what I'm hoping for. Hyatt <laughs> needs to play more. I, I'm, I'm hoping for Hyatt and Wandale, but it doesn't look good right now. Offensive line doesn't look good. Defense doesn't look good. So we'll see. We'll see with the Giants. But uh, if, I, I, if I, they. Say, Saquon needed two touchdowns to score 18 fantasy points or something like that in that game. Yeah. So that's not very that's not very good. That's not very good. If they lost that game yesterday, because as they were down, I was starting to like think of scenarios with the NFL and the Giants going down two games like already. Do you think Saquon would have been up on the trading block like at some point in the next few weeks? Like I know that sounds overreactionary, but just to get something for him when he might be walking at the end of the year anyways. I mean, I would, if it were, if I were running the team, when is the trade deadline after a week? Is it six or seven? Six. Is it week six? Uh, they might've pushed it to seven. They, yeah, they pushed, pushed it a couple of years back. I yeah, don't know. That's why I can't remember exactly what it is, but um, they, they're, they're in trouble. They, they, their division is obviously very good. Uh, yeah. If, 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 if you thought Washington was going to be the laughing stock of the division, I have news to tell you that they're certainly not worse than the Giants. 
they both are, you know, battling for third for sure between mm-hmm. uh, with Dallas and Philly in there. But like they're Washington ain't a walkover. I, I, I would you pick the Giants over Washington right now, given what no. we've seen through two weeks? I, no. and I, I don't think you can. No, I, I think the I, Giants are probably a bottom five team in the league at this point. I mean, it's, they, it's, they just don't a, look good. It's a really great question because all the teams we thought were bottom five are outperforming expectation. Um, the Colts look better. I know the Colts lost week one, but the Colts look better than we thought that they did. I still think that they're bottom five. Um, the Bucks are better now. Granted, the Bucks get. We'll, we'll see when they play some decent teams. But like uh, I, I, the, the Bears, I feel pretty confident the Bears are bottom five uh, at this point. That is, it's not pretty. It's not not pretty in Chicago. I I just I want to get to week Rob. I want to get to the championship of a best ball tournament with Rashad Penny and the Eagles have 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 locked it up and they shut it down just like they did last year. And just give me Bijan somehow Boston's on that gone, team. Be Boston's. I'll take ball. I don't give a shit. Give me an Eagles running back and give me Bijan Robinson on the team when we get to week 17, because the bears are a joke right now. Imagine yeah. when they're one and one and 15 or whatever, when we get to week 17 and the Falcons are a playoff team. Cause I think the, I think the Falcons might be making the playoffs in the old NFC. Bijan is going to run for 200 yards. I don't care that Tyler Algier is going to get 13 carries. Bijan, Bijan just ran for 125 yards on 19 carries and had almost 50 yards receiving. He is a superstar. I don't care that running backs don't matter. Bijan is. I don't know. It feels like he's never on the field. Like he's never in the backfield either. I don't know if he had like 170 yards. And every time I turn the, I I look at the game. It's Algiers out there. (laughs) Um, That was my one. One of my very few good calls yesterday was playing Bijan and some stuff as opposed to some of the other guys that were high. You just needed a touchdown and it would have been glorious. Nuclear. Yeah. Um, Good question. Good question from Donnie. Will you guys do any in-season best ball content for the slate? DK is offering. Love to hear thoughts on where you think some of these guys should be drafted now that the season has started. Awesome question. And the answer is yes. I will also admit to you that the first couple of weeks have been uh, a minor recharge. Uh, we're doing the Monday <laughs> we're doing the Monday and Tuesday show, but uh, it is a long, long grind. NFL best ball season is we produce so much content that I didn't want to honestly support it for the first couple of weeks, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit more invigorated. I'm getting into the NBA best ball stuff. I know Rob is going to have a, an NBA best ball uh, draft himself coming up as am I NBA best ball rankings are already up on, on the site, but going to get into the NBA stuff, going to get into the MLB playoff stuff. And I definitely want to do the DraftKings in season. Obviously we'll have underdog does a resurrection tournament in season as well but they just do kind of one that starts what do you when, when did that start week eight week something like that last year six six five six, or six, six or something so we got something a like, maybe we got a, like that. we got a week or two maybe until resurrection um but basically i wanted to buy myself some time to like i don't know sleep touch some grass like <laughs> make my wife not hate me for you know at least a couple of weeks so buy some popcorn Exactly. Go get popcorn from the movie theater, watch Barbie. And, uh, which was great by the way, if, uh, uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, I do, I do recommend the Barbie movie. It was very funny, but, uh, we, I think 
So not this week. Starting next week, we'll be diving into the draft because they are, man, I've been seeing the people. I haven't drafted any of them yet, but I've been monitoring it in the Discord, which there's a link to the Discord in the in the description. Holy cow, the overreactions. I, I know that they're coming. And still, when I see people posting, so-and-so just took River Craycraft in the 12th round. And it's like, Jesus Christ, he caught one touchdown and people are drafting, <laughs> you know, in the, in the, in the 12th round. But uh, we'll definitely, we'll probably stream some drafts uh, over the course of, you know, for sure, resurrection drafts and the DK stuff. So uh, we got yeah. you covered there. I promise. Um, that, that basketball stream is Thursday at noon Eastern, okay. I believe. And I'm going to have... Mike Zakarian from Team Hold on to draft with me to help my dumb brain learn how to draft the best ball team for basketball. I'm excited to see uh, what Mike has to say about this season because it's a it's a fun season with lots of lots of anarchy going into NFL. NBA has become the drama filled. You know, it's the soap opera sport of all of all the sports where you know these uh, superstar James Harden is done with uh, the free. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. uh, Going to the strip clubs and uh, and and eating too much and and Dame Lillard is not wanting to be in Portland anymore and yep. etc. So it makes for it makes for some fun chaos. Um, obviously we're we're at an hour and I know the football the first football game starts here in ten minutes or so. It's just like kind of rapid fire a handful of the different stuff from sure. week two that popped out. We didn't get a chance to talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers because we we uh, did the show last week before you know we do the show before Monday Night Football every week. And uh, I don't have a lot to say there, so you can add something if you want. It's just, I mean, it's just unfortunate. It's not like I'm some big Aaron Rodgers fan. I just think it would have been a lot more fun to watch to watch that. So that injury sucks. And I, 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 big Brees Hall bags, and I'm, you know, he's really good. We saw that in Week One. He he can get there in some good matchups. I think that he no. was largely matchup proof with Aaron Rodgers. And now he's definitely not matchup proof. So that's the only thing that's a especially concern. early in the season, because as soon as that game got out of hand, they were putting him like back in harm's way for the most part. My thoughts on the Rogers thing, obviously very sad. And we've talked about this before, but like losing fandom to teams is happening. Like there's, you know, I was an Eagles, a Patriots fan growing up and I still sort of root for them. And I've, I, my fandom's gone away a little bit, but the funny thing is the teams that I hated, I still hate, more than I like the teams that I like. So I kind of wish I could root for this Jets team, but my inner bones won't allow me to do it. But this would be a fun team to root for, right? Oh, with, I'm with Wilson coming in. Like, I, I was rooting my ass off on the, the the opening night against the Bills. I actually was sure. rooting for them against the Bills too. But like for the season long, like seeing like seeing Zach Wilson be somewhat competent throughout the year would be fun. And like the Jets rallying would be a fun story. But you could see like i know the game was out of hand but they have handcuffs galore on zach wilson and there were some plays yesterday that i'm like how do they not even give him a chance to make this play it's against the cowboys you're gonna lose anyways give this kid some experience they have no faith in him they can say whatever they want they have no faith in him i mentioned i know i'm getting old because you know I, i can't walk the dogs without my back hurting but um i also know that i'm getting old because young me was feeling this watching the first half or like the first quarter and a half of Jets Cowboys and Zach Wilson looked okay. I was like, yeah, I was, you know, I wasn't like, Oh my God, Zach Wilson is good now. But I was like, this, does, this doesn't look too bad. You know, he hadn't turned it over yet. 
uh spoiler he turned it over a lot after <laughs> uh but like he hasn't turned it over yet he made some good throws he made some good decisions in in against the bills i thought he looked good in terms of not i wouldn't call them good decisions more so good results which maybe that's bad but like get getting the hell out of there and throwing the ball away when they got pressure like i i I just feel like there were glimpses of like, okay, he's gotten better. Now, what does that mean? I, I think that means he's like Carson Wentz or something, right? I, I don't think that that means he's good. But I was like, I almost, I almost tweeted like, has Zach Wilson gotten a lot better, you know, or is it just me? And if I had clicked send, Twitter, the Twitter mob would have came, <laughs> would have came after me because literally from that moment forward was when it just all, it got really, really bad. It got really, really bad thereafter. So yeah, um, I don't know what the Jets are going to do. Glad you holstered that one. We holstered it. Um, we probably holstered it because we played uh, uh, just so many bad DFS plays that I was just, I'm not, I'm not down for the, I'm not down for the Twitter debates yet. Great question from Ben uh, for the audio listeners wondering what Rob's advance rate looks like rob's advanced rates look like with uh the big you know mahomes and elite quarterback stuff because ben was a little bit the opposite with uh fading some of the elite quarterbacks it's actually i i don't know my exact advance rate numbers offhand at the moment i can maybe next week on the tuesday show i'll i'll get that data together if people are actually interested in that but mahomes has a 20 and a 22 point game under his belt like he's we're, we're talking, he, he's, he's fine. fine. <laughs> he's been fine. Um, my other, my other big bags are Hertz, Jackson, and like some Herbert at eleven percent. But you guys forget that we're still drafting other quarterbacks with them. So my other highest exposed quarterbacks are Howell, Russell Wilson, and and um, Daniel Jones for the most part, with a couple other guys sprink- sprinkled in. Those are my overweight guys. Guys, my quarterback room is actually exactly the way I want it. I have the right pairings for these guys, and the the quarterbacks are crushing. And let's remember, nobody's really had a nuclear week at any position yet. Daniel Jones other than was Tyreek last week. To, yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Daniel Jones this week was about as close to like separating at the quarterback position. And my God, that was a lot. I would not be like expecting that moving forward. Right. When like Josh Allen or Jalen hurts does it, you're like, shit, (laughs) you know, cause you know that they're going to have good weeks every single week. Um, I just wanted to pull this up to prove what Rob was saying, where elite quarterback feels really bad. And I actually, we've talked, we talked about this last week, I think on this exact show where I said, I was me and Rob both saw the quarterback thing and I took, I did take a much more late round quarterback, you know, or mid to late round quarterback approach. Rob took more of an elite quarterback approach. But when I look at drafters, which is I think a little more representative of, okay, how have the first two weeks gone? Right. Yeah. As opposed to, to underdog uh, my highest scoring, this is sorted by uh, total points. My highest scoring team is to a deck. Um, but my second highest scoring team, which is in 152nd place on on drafters is a solo Mahomes team. So I have, I I don't even have a backup to Mahomes, right? Like I mm-hmm. I don't have the the saving grace of oh you have Daniel Jones on this team or Tua or Sam Howell or something like that. I'm just using his score. I also have J.K. Dobbins, but CMC, you see good old uh, good old Kyron, good old Kyron there, and you know you hit you hit on a bunch of a bunch of guys. I actually don't have Kelsey on this team. I I took a Rob approach. 
and uh, I kind of love this team. Dobbins is on there, which really tilts the shit out of me. But we went Mark Andrews with Mahomes and all Mahomes wide receivers. And so that hasn't even hit yet, right? right. So I have all of – I have Tony, Richie James, Rushy Rice, and MVS, I believe, on this team. And uh, none of them have hit for anything. Sky, uh, you know, hit kind of last week. But, like, that hasn't hit yet, and we're in 150th place with the – so. and Mahomes hasn't hit yet either. Um, and Andrews he hasn't and hit Andrews, yet, and he's and, still and, and Andrews missed game. week and Andrews missed week one. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so anyway, um, that plus my my third my next best team, which I think is one of my best teams, is actually solo Lamar, solo Andrews. Um, so I I used Lamar's six point game <laughs> in week one. I used that score, and I have three hundred thirty points in in two weeks. But you know. It gets lucky when you hit, but like CMC, Brian Robinson, Gainwell, yeah. Kyron. Uh, we scroll down a little bit. We get to Nico, who had a big week Nico, this week. We yeah. get Puka, Tutu, Kendrick yeah. Bourne, Mark yeah. Andrews. And it's like, yeah, okay, you you can see why it's scoring a bunch of points. But that's part of what the elite quarterbacks can give you flexibility to do is is get get on those other guys. But I think that like his so Ben's point is that he his point is that three quarterback is looking good because of that lack of separation. It's like, well, you actually need to find a way to separate because if my guy, right, Mahomes, who I'm and I'm also getting some of the quarterbacks that you're getting in these three quarterback builds with Mahomes, if you're not separating from the field and I'm getting 20 and 22 point games when he does hit and he's getting those 40-point, 35, 40-point games, and now I'm getting the separation over you, which is going to happen, by the way. There is not a world we live in that Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar don't pull a couple 30-point games and plus this year. Of course. Uh, so Lamar, plays the cold, Lamar plays the Colts this week. If he doesn't score 30, I'm going to throw my, – my phone will be broken on Sunday afternoon. Let's just say that. So, so, I mean, like, it's going to happen. So – I'm treading water and maybe even be above water a little bit. And then there's weeks that I'm going to separate. I'm just going to separate is the way I look at it. Now, I think the approach with doing it is really nailing that second quarterback sometimes. And I had like a concentrated pool that I was really working with. Like I said, Howell, when he was going real late, um, some Mac Jones, some Daniel Jones and stuff like that, making sure that I hit on the two that I wanted. But it's it's fine like that's not if i lose it's not going to be because of my my quarterback exposure i don't believe no and we'll we'll still keep monitoring that of course we talked about it last week with the elite quarterbacks really got out slow uh last week mahomes was okay but we we they, you know allen and and uh hurts and uh lamar got out real slow last week yeah. we're of course going to keep that's it's definitely going to be a big talking point over the course of the season with the quarterback pricing that we saw but i i think where we're at right now is that like you can win with both like you could have a really yeah. good teams with both i think that's where the elite quarterbacks haven't put up elite weeks yet the late round guys have been fine but also you know we have they haven't put up like it's not it's not like we have a 16th round quarterback like i, I love you know i love what i've gotten from sam howell so far but it's not like he's put he put up a 40 burger right it's like he just been like particularly this past week he's been good and so I'm treading water because the elites are not separating. It's fine. 
but like that's kind of that that's the great part of this game is that you can you could have gone either literally we both took opposite approaches and Ben took an opposite approach to you and they both can work like it, they're it both, both fine can, it both can work for now and but the the way that you would win this wouldn't be with what your quarterbacks are doing the way you would win this debate would be like Alave had a 40 point game last week. Waddle had a 40 point game last week. Like some of these second round wide receivers right. and running backs. Second were, and third round are yeah, going and, for nuclear weeks and they're not. They're having right. good weeks. Keenan Keenan is a good one for, but that's mostly like a Lamar, right? Lamar versus Keenan, I would say. Keenan's been really good. It's more like a Fields. Like it was either Keenan yeah. Allen or Justin Fields. That was like a fourth round pick because you were getting Herbert in the fifth. So you you're, you're lot, but still uh, early right. in this. I agree. I agree. Er, er, right. Early on. But, uh, but like you said, like I drafted a bunch of him, but like DK Metcalf versus yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Do I care? Like uh, no. I didn't gain much from DK, you know, from DK Metcalf, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think, I, I think it's one of the more fun kind of things to track over the course of the season. Yeah. Cause it is, it is, it is really like, we, and I we'll actually, start- we'll, Let's start doing. I'll start looking at my. Do we want to just do BBM or something like that? We'll start looking at advance rate for playoffs. Um, or we'll do that on Tuesday nights. I guess is probably the way to do that. Yeah, that works. That works. Okay. Um, it appears that the Panthers and Saints. I mean, if you would like to watch Panthers and Saints more than this, I don't know. What more than us, sick, sick brain that you have. I do want to watch the Browns game because. Uh, Mostly because yeah. I have some some bets on there, and I actually ha- I actually drafted uh, players in uh, best ball that are on there. But I'm obviously joking. Um, we will get out of here. I do want to uh, toss it over to you with anything for tonight that you are like kind of looking forward to. You know, something that you're excited about for from a best ball perspective, from a fantasy football perspective, anything like that. Well, have we gotten any while we were on the show? Did we get any? Amari um, clarity on Amari at all? Uh, Anybody here? Um, yeah, we should, we so, have to have because he's playing. He's playing. God, I don't like that because I did a lot of. Uh, I know I did a lot of nightly drafts. Although I don't think a lot of people were drafting Amari in those to begin with. But yeah, I kind I actually want to see what the Saints are too. Like I kind of I mean I know they're playing Carolina. But I still want to see what the Saints use and no JC Horn, no JC Horn. I I, I kind of wish that JC Horn was playing because we really could have seen. Like, I drafted a bunch of Saints, so mm-hmm. on one hand, I want them to score fantasy points, but on the other hand, I would like to see what the Saints are because I feel like Week One we didn't really see that. To your point, yeah, and I bet a lot of money on the Saints tonight, so I also want them to to win. I like because it. I just they were they're only three point favorites, and just felt, I like it. I know they're on the road, but uh, that's I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw out one more, you know, um, Rob, Rob said it really, really perfectly earlier where I have generally not been, you know, the, I, I, I don't love to take the, the W kind of a thing, especially because like, you know, in week two, it's like, are we really taking, like I said, Brees Hall last year, are you taking a W in week, in week four, week five? Cause guess what? You, it wasn't, it didn't end up being a W blah, blah, blah. Um, so I appreciate the, you know, the Kyron shout outs and all that stuff. But I'm really excited to see a guy who I was pretty high on tonight or two guys, really. Uh, I, w- I was excited to see Elijah Moore, assuming that Amari Cooper was going to be out to see if yeah. 
he's good enough for them to load him up with a bunch of targets without Amari. Now, obviously, if Amari's going to play, I, I I do find it hard to believe that Amari will be like a full time player. Like the the there were plugged in Browns beat reporters this morning saying like Amari's in like Doubtful. real pain. Like yeah. like. They they like it wasn't even just like them saying yeah he's doubtful to play which they did say but they were like no he's like he woke up and he's like in real real pain like they there was like a thread <laughs> about like like walking through Amari's morning routine about like how much pain he's in and and he's playing so you know I find it hard to believe he's gonna play a full complement of snaps but I'm excited to see Elijah Moore and I'm excited to see Calvin Austin. Um, yeah, that's my I guy. A lot of him today. That's my that's my late round guy, and I like him in DFS tonight. I like his overs in all things props, uh, receptions, receiving yards, whatever your flavor is. And I think he's good. I think he's good at the game. I think he's he's like he might be better than Tutu, but he's he's like he's like Tutu. They're small, and so they're never going to be. You know, he's never going to be Jamar Chase. He's never going to be Justin Jefferson. But I think he can be fun, and uh, sometimes fun. Is all you need. Look at Tutu. Tutu's got two good weeks. We'll see a tough matchup for Calvin Austin, but I would like to see how they use him, right? Deontay's out for a month at least. So, mm-hmm. like, they got to find some juice. And I, I hate to tell you, but A Rob ain't the juice. And, <laughs> and, 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 and we're not, I'm not sold that George Pickens is the juice. So they got to find something. We know Najee's not either. <laughs> so, like, they got to find it somewhere and I'm kind of, I'm excited to see how they use Calvin Austin. So we'll see how that goes. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow on spike week. Sickos Tuesday nights at 7 PM Eastern and uh, anything else, Rob, before we get out of here, everybody can go watch the games. Yeah. Let's just go watch the games. Make some money tonight, everyone. Yes. Make some money tonight. Calvin Austin props. I still like Elijah Moore, by the way. You can bet over. It's on Elijah Moore. I don't care about Amari. We can still bet it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night. A lot of fun. Peace.